Praise God. Well, we have been um, in a series for some time called Honoring God in Our Finances. We're going to continue on that um, this morning. Let's look at Matthew 6, 31. We'll read a few passages that we've kind of used as a springboard, and then we're going to go continue in this. Matthew 6, 31. It says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 31, Jesus said, this is Jesus speaking, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles are those that don't seek God. This is what they do seek. And so you could add to that. You know, it says, what, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? But you could say, well, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to get this done? How are we going to make that uh, happen? You know, all the things that come in the, the material realm. You know, we live in a material realm and we have to operate in the material realm. We don't float around as spirits here. You know, you have, you have a place to live. You do need food to eat. You, knew, you um, do need to have something to wear. And, and there's all these natural things. And so you could put all those things in here. And Jesus is saying, that's what the, the, the people that don't seek God, that's what they seek. That's what they're concerned with because that's really all they know. They're just looking around going, I, I need this, I need that. How are we going to do this? But he says, for your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. So God knows it. God's, it's not lost on him. It's not like, well, we just need to talk about just quote-unquote spiritual things around God. This is Jesus talking about this. So we don't separate it. God knows what we need. He knows that what we deal with. It's not foreign to him. And that's why we're covering these things, because every one of us deals with these things uh, throughout the week, throughout the month. And we can't just compartmentalize our life and go, well, you know, there's just a spiritual, but i got to deal with all this stuff, go into a different mode, and then go, okay, now I'm dealing with spiritual and go over here. It's all related, and God has a way for us to deal with it. That's why He spoke on this in His Word. That's why we're covering it, because we want to approach things in a godly manner, not just in a natural manner, like He's saying here. The Gentiles, the, the people without God, handle these things in a certain way. But your Father knows you need all these things. And then verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So seek Him, seek His way of doing things, and then all this stuff you need is going to be added to you. In other words, you're not going to have to worry about it. These things are secondary to, in the big scheme of things, they're important. But if we get caught up with that stuff, instead of seeking God, then we're missing it. Because when all the dust settles, uh, all the stuff on the earth, all the nice, it's all going to be burned up. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be just be a pile of ashes. That's all. The Bible said there's going to be a new heaven, new earth. So it doesn't matter how nice certain things are on the earth. You can't get caught up with them because they're not the important things, but they are important. They're not the primary thing. But if you just say, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, just look around. We deal with them every day. So we don't put them first. But we need to know how to deal with them. The first thing is you don't put them first. You put God first, then you'll know how to deal with the stuff. That's the primary principle. 1 Samuel 2.30, in the last part of that, it says, Those who honor me, 
I will honor those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Those who honor me, I will honor. So you put him first, you honor him, you don't have to worry about God honoring you. He said he would, and he does what he said. So like Jesus said, you seek first his stuff, the other stuff will come. And so we've been talking about different facets of this. Look at Luke 12, 29. We're really going to pick up where we were last week because um, we, I'll say some more about that uh, in a minute. But where we were last week, uh, we're just going to uh, keep moving on that. But I'm going to read this scripture and say some more. Verse 29 says, do not seek. So this is another um, account of this same thing we read in Matthew. Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink nor have an anxious mind for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 32, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. Verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where the stuff is, that's where your heart is. And it goes both ways. He said, where the stuff is, your heart will be. Well, uh, your heart can determine where the stuff goes, but after what you, where you spend your time and money on, that's where your attention goes. It's just a fact. And so we talked about last week just a number of um, aspects of, of just some, some really more practical things as far as um, finances, money, material things, because really, when we said this, how we spend our money is really an outflow of where we are as a person. It's just another aspect. All money is is a means of exchange. Okay, so where we are in our understanding of God's Word, where we are uh, emotionally um, can be, you know, initially determined by what where our personality is. It's, it kind of influences how we uh, spend money. So it's not just, um, there's not just one aspect. So there's a lot of different things the Word of God says of this. And um, we're just hitting this part just at a high level, showing the aspects that the Word of God talks about. Now, uh, the overriding thing is honoring God. But there's a number of like natural aspects that this has to do with. And um, we touched on a number of them. So what I'm going to do is we're just going to read, we're going to go through a few of the ones we did touch on and then continue on some of the other ones. So if we go to um, Colossians 3.24... I'm just going to read a few of the verses that we read last week. If you missed last week's message, go on uh, our website or on YouTube or on a podcast. You can, you can catch up. Um, but like I said, I'll review some of this and then we'll go to the next step. Because we're going to touch base on, you know, and talk more about tithing and, and offerings and stuff. But, it, but it's not all about just that. There's a lot of aspects to um, the material things. And so I wanted to to look at what the Word of God says about these things. And there, we're going to read a number of verses in Proverbs because there's so much in there. But look at Colossians 3.24. The first thing is, which is the overriding uh, message of this whole series, is to put God first, of course. All these other things are subject to that. Colossians 3.24 says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance 
for you serve the Lord Christ. So whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Whatever. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Well, that would include what we do in our everyday lives. It's not just at church. Like, okay, I'm at church. That's unto the Lord. But then the rest of the week, I'm just doing something else. It's whatever you do. So what principles guide all that? Uh, there's, there's a lot that do. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Again, we read some of these, so I'm not going to take time on these. And we'll cover some of these things in more in depth at another time. But it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So you honor God first. We, we read, Seek first the kingdom of God. We read, He said, Whoever honors me, I will honor. So that's the overriding principle uh, that we're covering. But then there's a number of aspects that we would say are more practical, more how, um, how we kind of operate that the Word of God talks about. Now, we touched on one, work. Put your hand to something. That's an aspect. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8 says, The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. So if we put our hands to something, we give God the opportunity to bless that. You know, in other words, if we just stay and don't do, put our hand to anything and just say, God, take care of me, we're not cooperating with what He said. He said, you put your hand to something, I'll bless that. He comes alongside and blesses it and helps that. We, we uh, read a number of, of scriptures involving that, so that's the first thing. Put your hand to what God, you would be led by God to do, and it doesn't have to be the end doesn't have to be the ultimate thing you're going to do, but where you are now, put your hand to something so you can start increasing and you can start moving forward. And God gives you the ability to increase. It's a lot easier to, to steer a, a car that's moving than one that's stationary. The car sitting there, you're just turning the wheels, it's not going anywhere. But even if you get it going just a little bit, you can steer it and you can start moving it. Well, if we'll start putting our hand to things, God can get us where we ultimately need to go. Second, don't be in a hurry. Proverbs 4, or 23, 4, and we'll touch base on some things that are related to this in a minute, but don't be in a hurry. Proverbs 23, verse 4 says, Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich or trying to get more. Be wise enough to know when to quit. Don't be in a hurry. God, God is not uh, ever in a hurry. Don't try to get everything yesterday. Proverbs 28, 22 says, Greedy people are people that are looking toward getting more, uh, try to get rich quick, but don't realize that they're headed for poverty. Well, you see that all over the world, and we touched base on this, but just briefly, you see it. People are trying to get everything now. Well, that, that puts us in a position where uh, we can actually go backwards, make decisions that aren't good for us because we're trying to get stuff too soon. Uh, we touched base then at the end about kind of planning you know, knowing the status of what you do have, Proverbs 27, verse 23 says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds, for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. It said, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. In other words, know where you're at. If you know where you're at, and we're talking about money and finances, then, then you can determine where you need to go and what you need to change and what you need to do. Luke 14, 28, verse 31, again, moving quick on some of these things. We already covered some of it, just for review, get everybody on the same page. 
says, For which of you intending to build, this is Jesus, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation, he is not able to finish, and all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. So Jesus talked about knowing, you know, counting the cost about what you're doing. And we touched on this, but there's a balance. You don't have to know everything. Sometimes you step out, you don't know everything. You don't have to, like, well, I don't have all the details, so we can't do it. Well, there's a balance. You know, like I said last week, Jesus told Abram, it was Abram then, you get out of your country and go to a place, I'll show you. He didn't tell him everything. He had to go by faith. He didn't know how everything was going to work out. At the same time, there's things that you do know, and so you don't just not plan for the sake of not planning. On the other hand, you don't let that, you know, keep you from moving forward. So there's a balance in the things of the Word of God. You can't take a truth in exclusion. If you take a, a truth, and this applies to all the things we're talking about, if you take a truth to, to in isolation and to an extreme, it becomes error. You can't just build in one area. You know, we talked about, we're going to talk about giving more. But if you just take that in, in isolation to the exclusion of everything else we're talking about, you'll get into error. You know, you, you'll be in a, in a wrong place. And people have done that in areas, and then people get hurt by it. That's it, not the only thing um, that the Word of God has to say concerning these things, but it is an important thing. You can't take, well, you got to plan. You could take this verse of Scripture and say, you just got to know, you got to plan everything. Well, then you can get to where God tells you something, you're like, you don't have all the answers. What are you going to do then? Well, see, if you take that in, in, um, to an extreme, you'll get in the air. You, you'll be frozen. Um, so all these, these aspects, that applies. It's, it's, a, it's a balance with the, the Word of God. Let the Word of God be a commentary on itself. In other words, if you think you have a truth, but... In, you see some verses and you believe there's a truth there. If you can find other verses that contradict that, then you better back up and make sure you understand the truth. You know, if you think, well, you know, if you ever hear something preached and a person uses one verse, or maybe they use some verses, that it, it seems like, well, there might be something there, but you can think of five verses that contradicts what they're trying to say, then there's an issue there. Amen. So we got to let it balance out. We need to, we, you interpret the Word of God, not by natural circumstances or what you see, you interpret it by the Word of God. Well, so let's go on to another aspect. Uh, Proverbs 12, verse 9. We're going to read that. Another thing, don't act like you're in a place that you're not in. We're talking about material things. Go ahead, put it up. Don't act like you're in a place where you're not. Proverbs 12, 12, 9 says, Better to be a nobody and yet have a servant than pretend to be somebody and have no food. Better to be a nobody, yet you have a servant. In other words, you have everything you need than to pretend to be somebody, but you don't really have, you can't even eat. Proverbs 13, 7 said, There is one who makes himself rich or makes it looks like he's rich, yet he doesn't have anything. There's one who makes himself poor, yet he has great riches. In other words, you, you really can't judge by what you see. There's, you know, and there's a lot of that where in the world, and we don't want to be like that. You don't want to, you try to look like something, but you don't have anything. Uh, 
That's, that's a way to uh, get into a bad place. Proverbs 15, verse 16 says, Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. Anybody attest to that? I mean, I would rather sit down, have a peaceful meal, than just to spread and everybody's arguing you can't enjoy it anyway. You know, what's the point of that? We want to live within our means, live within what, what we have at the point. It's not about um, what we see in the stuff and especially not trying to get stuff so for appearance sake. Proverbs 22 is something that goes with this. Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Well, if you get stuff, but you're extending yourself to do it, then that means you're, I mean, you can be in a position where you're trying to live where you're not really at, and in that case... Uh, it says the borrower is servant to the lender, which is a law. I mean, that's true. You certainly don't want to be in that place just because you want to look a certain way. You know, it said earlier in Proverbs, better to be a nobody and yet have a servant than to pretend to be somebody and have no food. You can do that. I mean, you could be like it looks like a certain thing, but you don't actually have what you need because you've been overextended. Well, that's in the Word. Now, there's a... I mentioned this last time, you don't want to get into anybody's systems when you're going and even talking about planning and talking about, you know, how you manage your money. There are different people have teaching and systems. I'm talking about like programs of how you budget and how you spend. There's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Just make sure it's based on the Word of God, number one. In other words, you get a secular system that doesn't even teach you to honor God, doesn't teach you to type, throw it out because you're already contradicting the Word. Okay, but then within things that are Christian or Christian backed, you don't take somebody's program and just apply it blanket. You got to be led by the Spirit of God into your circumstances and don't get into legalism as if somebody's program is the Word of God. Did you hear me? It's, it's not, it, it's, it's not, it can be, it can help you, it can be practical things uh, there to help you, but don't make it the Word of God, because you can get into legalism, and really that can be a method that helps somebody that can help in a certain uh, area. You know, people talk about debt and getting out of debt and how to do it. Um, there are things that you can learn, things that you can apply, but again, balance it with what, not balance is the wrong word in this context, but balance it with everything the Word of God has to say on the subject, but also be led during it. Look to God for how you should go forward. We do that in all areas, but in this area too. You know, people um, have thought, like I said, giving is an important part, but then there's people that have thought, well, I'm just going to, they have some, some other management issues. They're spending too much. They're, they're, they're trying to live where they're not, 
and then they get a hold of uh, truth on giving and they believe they're just going to give their way out, but they're not dealing with some of the other issues. You can just get yourself in a worse hole that way. You can just start, okay, well, I'm not going to deal with you know, some of the, the issues that I'm, I'm really, really there, but I'm just going to start writing checks and believe that just, boom, it's all going to turn around. So you say that and there's like, well, wouldn't it? I mean, it's God. Well, but this is, word, this is the word of God too. So what is God telling us? Um, you want to, you want to, sometimes it's easier just to write a big check. You think, well, because, hey, if I do this and it's like the lottery and it'll just turn around, that's easier than changing something that you've been dealing with for 15 years in the way you've actually been spending your money. Amen? So it's, it, and it's, it's tempting. You're in, a, you're in a meeting and it's like, well, if I just write that, then boom, you can get into where you're, you're just, you're writing more than you should be. It's too big. It's not where you're at. And it's, it's tempting to, to feel like, and same thing we're talking about. You know, there's a temptation in the times past around Christian circles. Well, even if you're not telling anybody, but people are giving, well, I want to give so-and-so amount. Well, why? What's the motivation? So I can say I did that? Because that's the wrong motivation, because then it can be, I'm trying to be somewhere where I'm not instead of, What's God really leading me? Where am I? <laughs> because sometimes that's humbling. This is where I'm at. This is what I can afford. But I'm going to go. I'm going to be moving ahead. Amen? Uh, one thing to say on this, you know, when you talk about don't get into people, what, what people say versus what the Word of God says, you know, we talk about the rich rules over the poor and the borrower's servant to the lender. Don't want to teach on this, but just want to touch on it. You know, it is not, obviously this is a true verse because it's in the Bible, the borrower's servant to the lender, but the Bible does not teach that you should never go into debt. Okay, don't make what so, somebody maybe something that was personally told and, and is emphasized in somebody's life, don't make that a law in your life. If it was wrong for you ever to use debt in any way, it's not ideal. But if it was wrong, Deuteronomy says you will, be the, you will lend and not borrow. That's ideal. You want to be the person that's lending, not borrowing. But if, you're, if it's wrong to, to borrow, then it's wrong to lend. Did you hear me? If it was wrong to borrow, then by you lending, you're causing somebody to sin. And this, this has gotten people into bondage. If, if something is somebody's personal conviction, then that's fine. God told them, dare not to go into debt. You don't let somebody's conviction become a law to you because it has bound certain people and they won't move forward and they feel condemnation when God never told them. Is it ideal? No. It's kind of like going to the doctor, though. God's, God doesn't need you to get healed from the doctor, but there's a lot of people that'd be dead if they didn't go to the doctor. And, and it's not to anybody to judge. Uh, the Word of God does not teach against doctors. It doesn't teach against debt. It just says, look, I mean, you go to a, get a doctor, you better be in faith when you go under the knife just as much as anything else because you don't put your life in any person's hands. You better be in faith. It's not be in faith or go to the doctor. It is just be in faith and determine how you should move forward. 
There is not a law that says, well, you just never use some of these financial tools. Most, a lot of people would never have a house if they didn't get a mortgage. It's just the truth. So then just nobody should ever do that. You should, you know, you should just rent the whole time until. For some people, uh, it's ideally, yeah, you're going to pay cash, but it's not a law. You can, you can use it as a tool. This is, this is an example of um, just be led by the Word. You don't contradict the Word, but contradicting the Word is not the same as not following somebody's method or somebody else's conviction. We've got to separate the two. You stay in your life in the confines of the Word, and you can listen to what people say, and you can look at programs, but don't take it as if it's a law because it can bind you. It can make you feel condemned all the time. You're doing something, and actually, you know, God, God's not, uh, He's not the one condemning you, obviously. You, you actually could get in a better place just going forward uh, with a certain plan, but if you get sidetracked by, I just can't do certain things because you heard somebody say it, you can get yourself actually in a worse position. You can always feel like you can't get forward, and instead of just getting out, moving forward, you stay here. Could, God, it could apply to so many things, and we, we touch that. Just if we apply that across the board, let the Word of God be the determining factor how the Holy, the Holy Spirit will never lead you contrary to the Word. If somebody says, well, the Holy Spirit told me this, but it's against the Word, it's not the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the Word of God always is first. But then let the Spirit of God lead you in the context of the Word. And it's the same in every area. You could talk about so many areas where you could get legalistic about somebody's method or somebody's ways and not actually move forward because you're looking to a plan of people instead of God's plan. You could actually not get past and not get to what He has for you because you could disqualify something He's prompting you to do because it doesn't fit the plan. Somebody else's plan. God may have told them to do that. But your life's different. You could, you could apply this for uh, schooling. You could apply it for uh, diet. You could apply it for exercise, finances, relationships. Not everybody's the same. You can get, you can get direction, but then uh, you can't... People are not robots. You can't just apply this cookie cutter. Well, let's see. My wife said this, so let's see, Manuel. What, how do I, I react? Okay, we'll go with this one, and then... You react that way. Could work. All the other hand could blow up. What are you reading there when you're responding to me? <laughs> what are you looking at? Well, it's this manual on how to interact with your wife. The Word of God tells us, and it's always love, right? Bottom line, it's always going to be love. But, you know, it's the same way in every area. Next thing, don't love money and things. Hebrews 13, 5, hold them in light esteem. Again, this goes, these are related, but we're going to read some specific scriptures on this. Don't love them. Don't hold it up. Don't hold material things, we could say, with high esteem. Hold them lightly. Hebrews 13, 5 says, keep your lives free from the love of money and to be content with what you have. 
Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Be content. He said, keep your lives free. You know, New King James says covetousness. From the love of money, be content with what you have. Well, it's similar to what Jesus said, right? Uh, Don't be concerned with all these things. Be content with what you have. Don't worry about tomorrow. He said, God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Or here, I will never leave you, never will I forsake you. Well, if God's with you, what about the next step? If I know God's with me, then I'm not going to worry. If I'm, if I'm starting to get too concerned with the stuff, or uh, then I've lost sight of the fact that what I really need is the Lord and Him with me, and to be content with where I have, what I have, and now He'll help me to go forward. I'm holding the stuff in light esteem. We don't love those things. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, which some, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, or their wanting for stuff, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The love of money. You can, in other words, you can do stuff going after money and, and things that will actually cause a lot of trouble. And it says here, some people have even, you know, been shipwrecked in their faith. They strayed from the faith because they're looking to the wrong thing. Proverbs 21, verse 17 says, he who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. So if you love, those, if you love that, that feeling of stuff, the Bible says you, you, won't, you won't have it because you're, you're going after it. You know, we just got done reading. He said, be content. Well, if you're content, you're not driving forward to get something. You're content. That doesn't mean you can't have the stuff. It just doesn't push you. And do you see where all these things, this thing, it's not just money, how you spend is it intellectual. It is an outflow of where we are because those, how you spend your money is being pushed by where we are in our belief system, where we are in our emotions, maybe the patterns we saw. It's not just I just am going to change this in and of myself. You need the power of God and the strength of God to change. You need to have the Word of God, know what to do, but then it's the same, like we said, uh, this is just another facet of our life. It's the same with what you eat, what you exercise. Real easy for somebody to say, just change that tomorrow. Well, the reason you're doing what you're doing is because you're in a, a pattern, a habit. Same thing with our spending, right? So, if we're if we want to do certain things, it says, don't love. He who loves pleasure will be a poor man. Well, if you're in that place where it's just, no, I want this and this, just to say tomorrow I don't, you're going to need the help of God to do that. It's not just, you see what the Word of God says, now you're going to be like, Lord, help me. Show me. Show me how to do that. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. This is really... An interesting truth. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. You know who wrote this? Ecclesiastes? Solomon. If there is a guy, go, go read about Solomon. 
he, he had stuff like nobody had stuff. Sure, we have greater technology now, but if, if he wanted anything, he had it. The Bible said he, he had wisdom like no one. People came from all over to see and were astounded by the way he did things. How he, how he ran his kingdom, all the, the orchestration, his extreme wisdom. He had everything you could possibly imagine. At the end of the day, he started going after the wrong things and went away from God, and that's when he's writing Ecclesiastes. And he said, he who loves silver, you won't be satisfied with it. If you love that, it doesn't matter how much you have, you still won't be satisfied. And it's a lie to think if I just had a little more. Isn't it always just a little more? You ever thought, you don't have to raise your hand, you're going to get a certain raise and you're like, oh, that extra blank, that amount, what I could do with that. Amazing. How then you get to that, you get past that and you're like, where did that go? If you're not careful, because, and then you just build that in, and now what is it? Tempta the temptation. I'm not talking about according to the Word of God. I'm talking about where we live, what the temptation is. If I just had just, just, just a little more. You guys are being quiet. That's okay. Just think. Just look straight ahead. It's, a, it's hit every one of us. Don't, you don't have to act holy. If, if we let, that, that's the whole point, if we look at it and start thinking somehow that'll make me happy, it won't, because it's stuff. That's not where we get satisfaction. It's an illusion. It's a mirage. We all know. If you're a driver and you've driven on a, you know, you're dri driving down the highway and the, the conditions, weather conditions are right, you see what looks like water on the highway up there. But when you get up there, there's no water. You know what I'm talking about? It's not there. But then you see another one. Surely that's water. You get up there. Not there. That's what this is. And if we look and say, oh, no, if I get there, the goalposts move. And in fact, right now, I don't, it doesn't matter where any of us are at right now, with what truly matters, which is number one, a relationship with God, which is what it said in Hebrews, you don't be in love of money, be content with what you have, for God will never leave you nor forsake you. If you know Him, you're rich right now. And, the, and if we know that, He's with me. Now, I'm going to need certain things, but He's with me, so now uh, He's going to help me. See, that puts us in a different position. I can be content here. Doesn't mean I can't have more stuff, but now I know how to treat the stuff. I'm not going after it. I'm like, oh, if I could just get there. That means where you're at, you're not satisfied, and precious days are going by where you think you can't be happy when, in fact, it's just a lie. Could, could be content today. And if we don't have some of these things set, we're, we're going we're gonna to act on them. We're going to spend our money. We're going to make decisions for jobs or make decisions for opportunities because we think we're being driven. Not, it's, it's not necessarily just the money. You think if I get there, I'll be okay. Not true. You could look back and think, my goodness, I could have been content right there 15 years ago and I've blown this time. How many people have done that? Think it's out there, it's out there, it's out there, and then look and go, Oh, I've been a fool. I've been looking at a mirage. It's not, it's not true. It said, he who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. No, he who loves abundance with increase. 
I think I just want more, even if I get more, I won't be happy. Yeah, but there's this threshold where anybody would be, be happy. Just look around, just look at some of the people that appear to have everything and then take their own lives. Appear to have everything, but then they blow up their whole family. It's not true. The Word of God teaches us it's not true. So we go and put Him first. We start walking in what He has for us. We're content with where we are. We honor Him. We do what He said. And now we're on solid ground. We're not going to be moved like, like the world's moved because we know what the Word says. We're not, we're not pushed. We're not pulled. We get, we get uh, founded on what the Word is telling us and we're stable. Don't trust in money, another one. Don't trust, so you say don't love money, but now don't trust in it. 1 Timothy 6 verse 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. You know, you could, it's, it's easy. The Bible teaches us not to trust, not to look at where we are and what we have to determine our position of security. Because that, if that's all you're looking at, apart from God, that can change in the blink of an eye. Somebody could sue a company and boom, something could happen. I'm talking about naturally speaking. I'm saying money in, the, in itself, it is not a firm foundation. The Bible clearly says don't trust in it. It says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. He's not to be arrogant, not to think, well, I've made it. Why? Because I have stuff. Nothing wrong with having stuff. You don't look that. That's not where we're trust is to be. It says, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Don't trust in things. We trust in God who gives us all things to enjoy. So we can, if we trust in Him, now, no matter where we're at, we can enjoy. Doesn't mean the stuff that we have doesn't go up, but that's, I'm not trusting in it. I'm not seeking it. I trust the living God. I do with my stuff what He says, and I'm in a, I'm in a firm place now. Not being pulled, not being pushed with what the world is. I am where I need to be. And the things of the world, it won't push me. It won't, it won't cause me to get me, myself in a bad position. It won't cause me to try to go too fast because I'm like, well, that's not worth it. Not worth doing that. I'm like, God, what would you have me to do? How, what, what's, what do you want me to be doing here? So it's a, it, I have things in order. Proverbs 18, 11 says, The rich think their wealth will protect them. They think it is a strong fortress. Yeah, it's easy to think, well, you know, if I had this much money, I, it would be, I'll be set. We'd be all set. That's what people can think. Uh, if we don't know God and we're not doing what He, he wants us to do and where we are, uh, that stuff can change immediately. It can change overnight. And all the while, we're thinking we're all set. You know, you could actually be in a really bad place. We're not going to take time to turn there, but you, you know, the, the problem, or the the account that Jesus was saying about the guy that built up barns and he had all these things and he had all his barns filled and, 
and he's like, man, I filled up all my barns. And he's like, what am I going to do? And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger barns and I'm going to hold all the stuff. But he was going to die that very night. But he thinks he's all set. He's so set. The only thing he can think of that's good to do is to rip down the stuff that's holding his stuff so he can build room for more stuff. And in fact, his life's over. No, stuff is not the ultimate. That's not, what, that's not what we put our trust. That's not what we put our confidence in. Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, He who trusts in his riches will fail or will fall, but the righteous will flourish like fo- foliage. He who trusts in his riches, but the righteous, the ones that, are on, that look to God, isn't that what what we started with in Matthew. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added. Seek Him first. Doesn't matter where you're at, then you can be okay and go forward. And finally, last point. So we've said, put God first, overriding principle, and really goes with all these, of course. Work, put your hand to something. Don't be in a hurry. Don't don't make decisions based on where you want to be. Know where you're at. Oversight, you know, plan. Know where you're at, but do it in balance. Don't act like you're in a place you're not, which goes kind of with don't be in a hurry, but don't don't do the act of of trying to uh, make it look like you're someplace you're not. Don't love money and things. Don't trust in the money and things. And one last thing, bring other people with you. In other words, don't try to get somewhere at, in, um, at somebody else's expense. Bring people, do what God would have you to do. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. The generous soul will be made rich. Just that itself, I mean, you're you in a place where when you're looking to those around you, then you're already in a different place. That does something on the inside. You're not holding on to the things. You're not putting trust in it. You're able to do what is truly satisfied, and that's helping people. And he who waters will also be watered himself. That means as you help people, you'll be helped. Proverbs 22.16 says, He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich will, come, will surely come to poverty. So you could say that in a lot of ways. Doing, putting somebody, you know, using up somebody else at a disadvantage to get you ahead, ultimately, it says it comes to poverty. Instead of Look, I'm doing things godly. I, that doesn't mean you just give stuff to everybody when they, they don't merit it. There's a, you know, we're not going in that extreme. But at the same time, you are upright, fair. You are not driven by the things. You're driven by God. You're honoring Him. And so the stuff doesn't have you. So you can act honorably. You can uh, not be driven, not be pushing, not treat people poorly, but at the end of the day, you can hold your head up high and said, I walked 
according to the way God walked, and then I don't have to be concerned with being guilty, with be, having regret, with looking back and saying I should have been kind because it really was about the people. You don't have any of that. It's just, hey, I'm walking, I serve the Lord. And then as I go, I walk in love. I, I walk according to His kingdom and according to the important things, and I move forward. Amen. God is faithful. God will always watch over His Word to perform it. He will all, his word is always true. There's one more verse that we'll read. Proverbs 28, verse 27 said, He who gives to the poor will not lack. He who hides his eyes will have many curses. You could apply this in a lot of ways. In the United States of America, there's not a lot of people that are actually poor. As far as there's so much that the country as a whole so much money that has gone through and, and is available. You're not talking about people. I mean, there's, there's opportunities everywhere. When you, you're looking at the, what's in the Bible and, you know, you look at some countries, I mean, they're literally not sure where they're going to get another meal. And for the most part, there's some exceptions, but for the most part, that's not going to be because there wasn't anything around. But in general... What we're dealing with, he who gives to the poor will not lack. He who hides his eyes will have many curses. The same thing. You see somebody that's truly in need, that you know you have something to do, you can do something about. It's talking about that. You're just not going to help. Well, there's, there's, usually, there's usually a lot of what we read in the other part of the Scripture where the Bible does as well say, if you don't work, you don't eat. It's not talking about just emptying everything for everybody all the time. That's not the answer. The answer is Jesus. The answer is for people to know God and to start doing this. That will propel every person forward. And so the thing is, we want to bring people with us and bring people up. But ultimately, and more so, you don't want to be you getting ahead at the expense of somebody else. You, that will always, you're always going to feel, that's always going to come back. But that doesn't mean, you know, you're, all these scriptures go together. So they all work in tandem. And as we go forward, if we'll do what God said, not put one element above the other, move forward, not try to get ahead at somebody else's expense, do what he said, then we're going to have what we need. Amen? Amen? His word works. And he didn't just talk about one area. He, he covered the things that we need to know in life. And if we'll go and just say, we, we bump up against a situation, and we say, what should we do? We can ask ourselves, well, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? And we can, like in these areas, what does the Word say? Well, I'm just going to do such and such. Well, what does the Word say? Well, that person deserves such and such. Well, what does the Word say? Save us a lot of hurt. Save us a lot of trouble. Well, I think I'm just going to go get this and this. What does the Word say? Does, is, it, is it the best thing for us to do, or is it going to ensnare us? The Word talks uh, so much about these things. It's not an isolated thing. And God has our best interests at heart. He knows what we face. He knows what we need. And as we look to Him, He'll help us move forward. 
contentedly, at peace, not with stuff eating our insides out because we're guilty. We can, we can enjoy life because if we go after Him. Amen?